You all look great this morning. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, you look fantastic this morning. Say it with some conviction. Come on. You look fantastic this morning. Say it like you actually believe it. Wives, turn to your husbands. Thank you, Adam. Wives, turn to your husbands and say, you look very manly and handsome today. Husbands, turn to your wives and say, you look beautiful today. Young people who aren't yet married and single, just stay where you're sat and keep your eyes on the front. Okay. Cool. Well, why don't we start with the Word of God? So turn with me, if you will, to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I want to read with you a fairly well-known story about David and his men. And at this point in his life, we find that they've gone back to the city where David was residing at the time. And it's not quite the same as he left it. So I don't know if you have it up there. Thank you, Jared. 1 Samuel 30 from verse 1 says this. David and his men reached Ziklag, that's the name of the town, on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it, and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, They found it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ainoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. I don't know about you, but I would be pretty distressed if people were talking about stoning me. Each one of them was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, Bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And now picking up in the story a little later on at verse 17, we see it says this. David fought them from dusk until the evening of the next day, and none of them got away, except for 400 young men who rode off on camels and fled. David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including his two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else they had taken. David brought everything back. He took all the flocks and herds, and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock, saying, this is David's plunder. Why don't we pray for a minute? Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word to us today. I pray that you will speak to my life this morning, minister to my heart, open up my mind and my ears to hear and understand your word for me today. I thank you, Lord, that you have brought everything back by the price that you paid on the cross, and we can recover all of your blessings today. Why don't you place your hand on your heart and say with me, Father, 
I believe that today we can recover all that the enemy has tried to take away from us by the power of the cross. I declare that today we can recover our ground in you. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Now, there's a game that I've always loved to play. I'm sure you all know it too. It's called Capture the Flag. It's a brilliant game. The aim of the game, well, it's a very simple game with two teams and two flags. Jared, hold off the, hold off the image for a minute. We don't want to spoil the surprise. Um, two, two teams, two flags. And the idea of the game is to run into the enemy territory, recover your team's flag, and run back to base without getting caught, without getting hit by paintballs, without getting tackled to the ground, however you play it. Okay? Who knows that game? Even the old people. That's good. Now, <laughs> I best be careful what I say here. <clears throat> I remember one game where after a long period of standstill, I sprinted into the enemy territory, I grabbed our flag, I zigzagged all the way back to our base without getting hit by the paintballs, and the victory was ours. I got the flag back. Yay! Now, I think we have the picture coming up now on the screen. You might not actually be able to see that that is me, but believe you me, that, that is actually me. That's not a random picture of a random guy on the internet with a flag, but that is me. Now, I might not have been as valiant as David that day. I may have only been capturing a flag and not everybody's wives and donkeys and sheep, but I felt pretty valiant, and we recovered what was ours. And this morning, I want to talk to you all about recovering our ground in God. If you want to put a title to the message, you can call it this, Recovering Our Ground in God. Now, how do we do that? The answer is actually very simple. In Christ, by faith in him, we ask in his name. And today, we can recover our ground in God. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. Now, going back to the example of David. As we read just now, the poor guy wasn't in such a great position. I mean, he'd not just lost his wives, he'd lost his sheep, his donkeys, his cattle, his herd. And not only that, but all his men had lost what they had as well, and they were so mad at him, they wanted to stone him. Now, the Bible says that he was greatly distressed. And I love that, because it's like one of those things where, it's like when Jesus, after fasting for 40 days, it says, Jesus was very hungry. I'm sure he was, and I'm sure David was very distressed as well with these men talking of killing him. But the question is this today. Have you ever felt like David, where everything you've worked for has been taken away from you? It's like you go to work, and you come back, and it's disappeared from beneath your feet. Has anybody ever felt like that, or is it just me? Some of you agree with me. That's good. Well, I believe that there's an encouragement that we can take from David's example this morning. And I love the, uh, well, you know, what does David actually do? Does he curl up in a ball and cry? Does he say, I've lost everything. 
or does he run away for fear of his life? No. What does it say? In verse 6, it says this. David found strength in the Lord his God. Now, I love the, the ESV translation of this, which says, David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. It's like he found a strength that came from within him, that he was able to strengthen his soul, his spirit, his whole body. And it only came from the Lord. And if you feel a little like David today, that there was once God's blessing on your life that has now been taken away, take heart. You can strengthen yourself in God. Now, I remember once as a kid walking through our shopping mall uh, in my hometown where I grew up. And as they do, a bunch of rowdy teenagers came alongside me. I said, what are you looking at? And me at nine or ten years old, nothing. But as he approached me, he was, gonna, he was actually going to grab me and put me up on the wall. But that was a bad move because what he didn't see was my dad walking about five feet ahead of me. Now, my dad's not exactly the smallest man. He caught it in the glimpse of his eye. He turned around straight in the direction of that young man. And he actually took him by the collar and he put him up against the wall and said, don't you dare lay a finger on my son. And he let him go. <laughs> and, they timidly sh- and they timidly scurried off. And there was me going, yeah! Yeah, don't touch me. Me and my dad could take you on any day. And the timid, nothing, guy suddenly turned into the, the strongest, most brave, most valiant young boy that I'd ever seen. I don't know, that's a funny story, but that day, I found strength in my father. And David did as well. And he asked the Lord, what should I do? And God said to David, pursue. For you shall surely overtake and surely rescue. So what does David do? He pursues. Exactly. He obeys the word of the Lord. And he goes in the strength God gives him and recovers what was lost. Now, how much does he actually recover? Does he recover 50% of it? Does he recover 70% of it? Does he recover even 95% of it? No, he recovers everything. Say with me, everything. Turn to the person next to you and say, everything. Do you understand? Everything. How much did David recover? Everything. Good. I'm glad we got that in our heads. Now, this is the truth. Whether we like it or not, there is an enemy out there. His name is Satan, the devil. He is real. And he seeks to oppress us. But do you know what? There is also a God out there who is much greater, much stronger, much more mighty, much more powerful than he can ever be. And we have his spirit living in us. And he can help us get back what has been stolen. And the enemy, he seeks to oppress us. He seeks to oppress us. But do you know what oppression actually means? I think a lot of people get the word oppression mixed up with depression. But the truth is you can be perfectly happy and still be oppressed. 
you can be perfectly happy but still be oppressed. Now let me tell you what oppression is. Oppression is when someone takes away what is rightfully yours. Oppression is when somebody takes away what is rightfully yours. For example, the Israelites who were under the Roman rule. What they had had been taken from them. Their rights, their land, their freedom, the space for their traditions. And every time the devil takes away any of God's blessings from your life, he is oppressing you, literally stealing what God has given you freely. Now, what does he actually take? This can be a number of things. For example, perhaps your joy. Perhaps you feel like there's no drive to carry on and continue in fulfillment of what God has given you in life. Or perhaps your health. Perhaps the enemy has taken away your full health and led you to believe that you're going to suffer with some condition for the rest of your life. Or maybe even your finances. Perhaps the enemy has taken away the freedom and the blessing that God had poured out upon your life. Now, there's many other things that he could take. He could take away your sense of peace, your fruitfulness, your family, the souls that were entrusted to you. But don't worry. God can and wants to restore all these things to us. Who believes that this morning? All the blessings that he has poured out on us. He doesn't want to see them snatched away from his children. Now, I know a family whose daughter was sick for years. And when I say sick, I mean really sick. She had trouble even going outside, socializing, eating properly, talking to people, learning. She had trouble getting up out of bed in the morning. And this all began when she was about nine or ten years old. And now her family, they prayed for her. And they got their friends around them to pray for her too. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And in the last year, she's been on holiday to the other side of the world. She's eating better. She's talking to people. She's finding herself again. And she was even the maid of honor at a wedding last year. And... You know, this all started when she was nine or ten years old, and this girl is about the same age as me. That's more than ten years of the enemy trying to take away what was rightfully theirs. But they're beginning to see that ground recovered in God. And even if it feels like years that we've not had something from God, whether it feels like it's been years that there's been a blessing that's not been on our lives, or whether we feel it's years that the enemy has had something that doesn't belong to him, we can claim it back today in God. Do you believe that? They didn't give up. Neither did David. And you don't have to give up either. You know, Dr. Derek Prince once taught that the devil relies on the fact that we don't actually believe he's a liar. But the word of God says in John 8 verse 44 that he is the father of all lies. There is no truth in him. And he wants us to believe that we never had a right to God's blessing. He wants us to believe that we've been stuck with a condition for the rest of our lives, or less than best forever. But that's not true. That's not the truth. Everything that the enemy has has been stolen. And we can claim it back. The question is this. 
Am I letting the enemy steal something away from me? If we feel like we are, or even already have, there is hope because we can claim it back. But the great news is this. We don't have to try and recover what's lost by ourselves. You know, God is with us. He goes before us. He is behind us. And he fights for us. Just like my dad was with me and he fought for me that day. He is with us and he fights for us. All we have to do is go in the direction of getting it back. But how do we actually claim it back? Well, it's simple. We claim it back through the blood of Jesus. In Ephesians 1 verse 7, it says this. In him we have redemption through his blood. Now, we apply his blood to our situations, but we be specific. For example, if it's health that we feel has been stolen from us. We know that in Isaiah 53, it says, by his stripes, we are healed. And Jesus received those stripes when he was lashed on his back before he was taken to the cross. So we know that by the blood that was shed from Jesus' back, we can reclaim our health in God. And we declare it claimed back, restored to us, not belonging to the enemy because it never was his in the first place. Now the key to recovering or grounding God lies in Jesus. Let me share with you two New Testament principles to demonstrate this. The first is in John 10, verse 10, and it says this, The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. In Jesus, we have life. Not just half our life, not just 80% of our life, but abundant life flows through Jesus. And the second key is this. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the second half of the verse, it says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the work of the devil. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the work of the devil. Who believes that this morning? So how do we get back what the enemy has stolen from us? Through Jesus. I want to have a look briefly at one more example of a man who recovered ground for God. And this time it's not for himself, but for the sake of somebody else. Now turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, and we're going to have a look at verses 11 to 16. Genesis chapter 14, verses 11 to 16. Now, to pick up where the story is, there's a big crossfire going on between a whole load of kings. They've got a big war going on. And Abram's nephew, Lot, and his family somehow get caught in the middle of all this and carried off as plunder. And the news reaches Abraham, and we pick it up at verse 11 in chapter 14 of Genesis. And it says this, The four kings seized all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their food. Then they went away. They also carried off Abram's nephew, Lot, and his possessions, since he was living in Sodom. A man who had escaped came and reported this to Abram, the Hebrew. Now Abram was living near the trees of the Mamre of the Amorites, a brother of Eshcol and Anna, all of whom were allied with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative had been taken captive, he called out the 318 trained men born in his household and went in pursuit as far as Dan. During the night, Abram divided his men to attack them, and he routed them 
pursuing them as far as Hoboth, north of Damascus. He recovered all the goods and brought back his relative lot and his possessions together with the women and the other people. How much did Abraham recover? All of it. He recovered everything. Turn to the person next to you and say, everything. One more time, everything. Just like David recovered everything, Abraham recovered it all as well. Now the thing is, Abraham didn't actually have to rescue Lot. You'll see actually in the, in the chapter before, in Genesis chapter 13, Abraham and Lot part their ways. Abraham says to Lot, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And he had no, he could have said, I have no responsibility to go after his life. It's not my problem anymore. I've got my own life. He's got his life. But Abraham made it his own problem. He took his men. And how much did he recover? Everything. Now, I felt really challenged when I read this. And I felt God saying to me, Doug, are there people in your life that you've not gone after? Are there people in your cell group or that you've known in church or in the ministry or in the youth that you've allowed to drift away and you haven't pursued after? Wow, God. That's true. And it might be their lives. It might not be my life. Not my problem. But I found myself asking to myself, am I going to make it my problem? Am I going to pursue after the people who I've seen drift away? Am I going to persevere with them? Like Abraham persevered all the way to death. Like David pursued after his family and possessions and those of his men. Am I going to pursue after the people that have drifted away in my life? Now, by way of a conclusion, I want us to have a look at this picture coming up. The suspense is building. There we go. This is the lost property office of London Underground. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there. And this all belongs to somebody. All this stuff that they've recovered from the tube, from the buses, from the transport services. And I was having a look at this the other day. They have some crazy stuff down there, you know. Um, I read a report that they have a whole box full of false teeth. And if we look at the next picture, actually, we'll see some of the things that they have. They have golden skulls and dinosaur heads and crutches. Apparently, they also have a whole wall full of wheelchairs. And I thought, well, how, how do you roll on in your wheelchair onto the tube and walk off? There must be a great anointing of the Spirit down there. I'm thinking, actually, if, if you're not feeling healed, if you want to see an outbreak of the release of God, go to London Underground. There's something going on down there. I'm not sure what, but... You know, somebody once handed in a wedding dress as well. A wedding dress? How do you leave behind a wedding dress? Your wedding dress as well. And someone even once handed in a suitcase that had 10,000 pounds worth of cash in there. And it sat there unclaimed. Collectively, that stuff must be worth a lot of money. I don't know about you, but I think altogether, the golden skull and the false teeth and the suitcase is enough alone. But I imagine 
spiritually, there's a room out there with my name on it. And the devil sat with all my things tucked away. The question is, how much has he actually got in there? How much has he got locked away in that room that he's sitting on that is rightfully mine and he is trying to claim is his, but it's just stolen from me? You know, the great thing, though, is that I know all I need is a ticket that says the blood of Jesus on it, a bit like this. Can you all see that? My ticket that says the blood of Jesus, and I can claim it all back. It's the best insurance policy we could ever get. You know, last week I had to fill out a claims form for a pair of broken glasses while I was away. And you have to fill out all these details, hand all these receipts in, and every aspect of every part of what happened, what time it happened, who it happened with, whatever. And even then, after all of that process, you don't get everything back. I got a check back through the post yesterday, praise God, which was great. But it wasn't the whole price of the glasses. I still had to pay an excess fee of about 60 pounds. But you know, the great thing with the ticket that says the blood of Jesus is that we can claim it all back. There's no excess fee. There's no premium price because the price has already been paid. And you can claim it all back today. Everything that the devil has tried to get his hands on, you can get it back. The question is this. Am I going to go and get it back? All that stuff in that room. Am I going to go after it and get it? Now, I believe that we're in a great season in our church of taking back what the devil has stolen. And we can gain it back in prayer, in intercession, in faith, speaking out the blood of Jesus over our situations. Why don't you close your eyes for a moment? And uh, I'd say let's get some music, but the musicians are gone. Oh, they're here. <laughs> well, why don't we pray? Like, I don't know if you feel a little like David or Abraham today. Is there something in your life that the enemy has taken from you or is trying to take from you? Well, God can help you get it back this morning. I think it'd be great to allow us a chance to respond to the Lord. So if you feel that the enemy has taken something from your life, your ministry, whatever area it is, and you want to claim it back today, just raise your hand where you are. Thank you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? In the same way that David and Abram went out and pursued the enemy until they came. And that they moved out of their comfort zones where they were. Do you want to claim that back this morning? Why don't you stand up if that's you? Because you know, Abram and David, they, they could have said, yes, God, I want to claim it back. But stayed where they were and they wouldn't have actually claimed anything back and I believe it takes a step of faith it takes us moving out in faith this morning to come and claim that back and I invite you where you're stood to do business with God this morning and ask for his help in taking back what the enemy has stolen remember that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil now speak out his blood over your circumstances, over your situation. Now, Father, I want to thank you that your word says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. 
And we say this morning, all the blessings that you have poured out so abundantly on us, we want them back. We're going to run after it this morning. And the enemy will not be able to get his hands on it because it is from you, Lord. It is from you, Father. And Father, this morning, we speak out healing. We speak out restoration. We speak out restoring of broken walls. Father, I'm sorry for in my life when I've not actively pursued the things from you. The people that you've placed around me, Lord, I'm sorry for when I've not pursued after them with all my heart to bring them into your purposes, to bring them into your kingdom. But I say this morning, God, I'm going to pursue after them. I'm going to bring them into the abundant life that you have, into the great things that we have in this church, in in our cell groups, the life that we have here. And Father, we go in your strength today and we reclaim your kingdom. We reclaim that which the enemy has taken from us in our personal lives, in our cell groups, in our church. Father, we're going after it today. We're going after it today. Why don't you pray out where you are, that specific thing. Be specific about what it is that you want to see back. Because the great news is, you can get it back. You can get it back today. Whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's your joy, whether it's your family and relationships, whether it's people in your cell group, we can get it back today by the blood of Jesus, by the price that was paid on the cross. Father, I thank you for the price that you paid and it was done. You said it is finished. That was everything we ever needed, Lord. And Father, we go in the strength that you've given us today. We know that you fight for us. We know that you are before us and you are behind us. And we claim back this morning everything that the enemy has taken away. We say this week will be the week of breakthrough. We say this week will be the week where the chains that the enemy has tried to bind up will be broken. The things that he has bound up, they will be broken and released on our lives. We speak out open heavens this week upon our families, upon our finances, upon our cell groups. Lord, I thank you, God, because the price has been paid. Father, we are going after it today. We will pursue. We will persevere. And we will see your blessings restored to us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you.